Okay, gentlemen, I must admit that the Funks seem to have a vendetta against this man, the Junkyard Dog. JYD, why do they hate you? Well, you know me, Gene. I am the top dog, and I always have all kind of left dog falling behind me, but I always take my bite when it's time, Daddy. I hear you. Well, you know me, Gene. The thing is, the JYD, man, he's one of the most popular wrestlers in the world today, and these buckwashers, they're just jealous, man. You know, dudes, we shouldn't keep them waiting anymore, man. Let's go get those funk brothers. Welcome to the Wrestling House Show. Thank you very much, everybody, for joining us today. My name is Joey. My name is Chris. All right, Chris, this is going to be an easy one, I think. We just watched the Saturday Night's Main Event, the sixth ever Saturday Night's Main Event. Yes. What are the details you got on that? Well, it occurred on May 3rd, 1986, just after WrestleMania two, about yeah. a month or so, I guess. Yeah, about that. Yeah. Uh, coming to you from Providence, Rhode Island, from the Providence Civic Center, this is Saturday Night's Main Event with Vince McMahon and Bobby the Brain Heenan on the call, or Weasel, as Vince McMahon repeatedly called him. Yeah, I wonder if uh, Ventura was doing Predator by this point? Maybe. Yeah, or maybe pre-production Predator, I don't I yeah. don't know. Mm-hmm. Or filming a Bud Light commercial or something right. with something. Bob Uecker. Mm-hmm. But I think Jesse was a little missed. I, I, I love Heenan in the booth, but I don't think that he had uh, gotten any kind of groove in the commentating table yeah. with Vince at this point, so it's kind of a train wreck on the commentary a little bit, but it, little, it wasn't terrible. No, it wasn't. It wasn't terrible, but yeah, I I would agree with that. I mean, Heenan was making jokes like he always does, but half the jokes I was like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, and the the show. I thought the production on this show was a little something different because they did something I've never seen them do on any show, which is they literally at some point show the arena before and after. Oh, that, yeah, throughout was, the entire thing, yeah. yeah. That was the imaging of the show. We'll get to some of that later, but... So, we already know that Saturday Night's main event matches are clipped quite a bit here and there. Yeah. And maybe the order could potentially be out of order, also. Yeah. So, I, I feel like it is, because why wouldn't they close the show with Hogan at that point? Right. Like, and also, we were paying attention to the crowd, and some people in the crowd, we noticed, were, were and weren't there at different times. So yes. It, it feels like it definitely was shown out of order and definitely clipped as well and for me like the 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 pacing of the show it was like super fast i mean i know it's a short show for tv yeah like an hour with commercials yeah but like hour and a half with commercials hour and a half with commercials yeah but the pacing of the show it was just like one thing and then the next thing and the next thing and even Vince McMahon was getting cut off as they were going to commercial breaks nearly every single time yeah you think Raw in the Attitude Era was crash television this was real crash television so it was super super duper fast it didn't give you time to catch up to anything really like the interestingly I think the only time you really got to catch up with things were during some of the matches when the matches slowed down a little bit (laughs) other than that it was just like bam 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 like one thing after after the next yeah so this but. is all Mania 2 Fallout. They constantly go back to Mania flashbacks, and even the first match has connotations to it. Yep. Not even so much because Hogan's in it for his match, but for a match that took place also in Los Angeles, but under the card. Right, because this uh, first match was Hulk Hogan teaming up with the Junkyard Dog with the Haiti Kid in their corner yes. uh, versus the Funk Brothers of Terry and Haas Funk. With Jimmy Hart in their corner. Yeah. And then they, they tease in the early part of the show during the pre-tapes with Mean Gene that they have brought in Jimmy Jack Funk now. Yeah. Because they're so scared of the Haiti kid, they <laughs> don't feel that Jimmy Hart could combat him, yeah. so they bring in this other full-sized wrestler in Jimmy Jack <laughs> right, Funk yeah. to tip the odds in their favor 
even more so than mm-hmm. they have before. So between a megaphone, Jimmy Hart, and Jimmy Jack Funk, we think we can handle the Take Haiti care kid of now. The Haiti kid, yeah. Yeah, but it, but Jimmy Jack, I don't, he didn't even accompany them to ringside. No, he shows up like he shows up at later, the end. But yeah, yeah. So and he doesn't even have an effect on the match. By the way, right? So yeah, a little bit of a spoiler there. There's no shenanigans with Jimmy Jack. Right, and that's fine with me. But there are shenanigans in the match. Oh, tons! Of course, centering <laughs> a lot around the Haiti kid. He's in and out of the ring and the ringside area, and in and out of the hospital apparently, yeah, and under and around and back. Yeah, so. It, it really did center around a lot around that, but this match as a whole was very, kind of like I said, the show was really fast paced. This match was just chaos. Yeah. Like they did ring the bell, I guess, <laughs> at some point, but it was just complete chaos, and there were no tags or anything to speak of that I can remember. It was just people <laughs> in and out of the ring and around the ring, and Jimmy Hart and the Haiti Kid, and and up and under and around. So kind of like what you would expect from something from Terry Funk. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's Terry Funk's brain yeah. <laughs> embodied in a match. <laughs> yeah. So there's that, and the other thing is that Hogan and the dog are playing role reversal. Basically, yeah. they're they're dressing like each other. Yeah. And they're acting like each other. Yeah, Hogan has the dog collar and the chain. He wears that to the ring. And he does his mannerisms. And he does the headbutts and he yeah. barks. Yeah. Which the barometer for that kind of role reversal, uh, it's still very low because you're never going to top Vince McMahon backstage with Booker T and Charmel. You're just <laughs> right. never going to top that <laughs> right. because, damn. Yeah. So, that being said, we'll move on from that uncomfortableness, but... One thing before we move on, I just want to say that we talked about the interview in the back with the Funk Brothers and Jimmy Jack. My favorite part of this show was when we looked at each other when they were interviewing Hulk Hogan and uh, the Junkyard Dog... Because Hulk Hogan is basically Haiti Kid and Junkyard Dog say some stuff, sure, but it's a little we don't really get all of it. Sure, and Hogan is the translator sort of, which I, is sure. saying a lot. Yeah, that is saying a lot. But at one point, he calls the Funk Brothers butt washers. I believe. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what he said because we both looked at each other yeah. and was like, did he say butt washers? Yeah. And about a minute later, I'm like, well, what else could it be? Right. I mean, there's nothing else. I mean, there's nothing that even sounds like that. Right. So, so I, it had I was, to be butt washers. I was laughing about that for like 10 good minutes yeah. into the match. Yeah. So just as a whole, this is kind of an early show spoiler here, but that's pretty much the highlight of, that's a decent amount of the highlight of the show. Like if you have right. to stop down on something, right. I have to recommend this part of the show. It's yes. in the first two minutes and you're done. And then maybe <laughs> skip to the end, but we'll get to that later. Right. So, yeah, it was a crazy match. It was an atypical Hulk Hogan Saturday Night's main event match, yeah. but with great Terry Funk shenanigans, yeah. which always helps me out, especially if Hogan's involved. Right. So I'm glad he was there. It's still odd to see Terry Funk wrestling in WWE, yeah. uh, even though he did it for a little bit. Yeah. But it's still odd. I just like that he brought a little bit of his style to it, even just for a minute right. in the rock and wrestling days. Branding Iron may or may not have made an appearance. May or may not have, yes. Jimmy Hart always gold. Right. And so the next up was a match of the big men. So they, they announced it as something. Battle sort of, of the Big Boys. Battle of the Big Boys. Yes. And, of course, leading into that, it uh, they had the official weigh-in yes. with King Kong Bundy and Uncle Elmer. Yes. And so uh, King Kong Bundy ended up, not to spoil anything, he ended up outweighing Uncle Elmer by about 38 pounds. Which is odd, because Uncle Elmer is taller and yeah. fatter, in my opinion. Right. But... And he had a family-sized bucket of fried pig parts yes. on, on the scale with him. So Yes. Good, That's good. the type of humor you're in for with yeah. this segment. Oh, it's stereotype city all yeah. night long, <laughs> even down to Heenan making Haiti kid jokes. Right. And, you know, so it's just all there. And we got two super heavyweights in one match, and they both 
lost at WrestleMania 2 in the Los Angeles portion. Yeah. yeah. So, and in uh, ugly matches. <laughs> especially Elmer. <laughs> right. Yeah, especially Elmer. <laughs> yeah, Bunny did the best he could. Yeah. He, he always does, I think. Right. So, well, yeah, the better. Well, the top underrated. five. I'd say top. We'd say top five or top ten super heavyweights ever. At least top ten for sure. Yeah, easy. Yeah. yeah. All right. And he he showed a lot in this one too. I think with he was he did the best with what he was given with Uncle Elmer. Yeah. I'll say that, which is what anybody could say yeah. being in the ring with Uncle Elmer. I mean, Adonis, the the task that was in front of him with right. with the style that he puts on right. versus that match. I'll still never get that match out of my head. It was just yeah, yeah. bowling shoe ugly as Jr. <laughs> would say. But yeah, it it was a big man match. It. It's definitely what you would expect it to be. Mm. Uh, before any of them get too blown up, the match is over. Yeah, like I was <laughs> mentioning, whenever they left the ring, like they weren't even sweating hardly, like yeah. a little bit here. But Elmer yeah. was breathing heavy. Bundy was sweating just a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> so it wasn't a very long match. It wasn't a very great match. I think the qualification of the best with what he was given could should say everything. Like it's not a match you would necessarily want to seek out. No, no, I'd fast forward it for sure. Yeah. I mean, and Bundy being put over by Heenan still at the commentating table and not seconding him at ringside also yeah. gives you an idea of how important this match really is. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the perception is there. Yeah. It would have taken Heenan longer to get to the ring than the match took itself <laughs> to and from. Yeah. <laughs> But that leads right into the next, because they did a good job, I think, even with the jam-packed, like, there were five matches scheduled for this show, but they still managed to get interview segments for everybody. That's Saturday Night's main event for you. Yeah, so, and that's part of the reason why it was so, uh, a little bit chaos feeling for the show. But the next up was Adrian Adonis in the back with a cardboard cutout of Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. Yes, and him and Jimmy are singing Hey Hey Paul and Hey Hey Paula to it, which is an old hit from ye olden days. But yeah, it leads into the uncomfortableness of the character that they're portraying of Adrian at the time. So you know what that's all about. Right. He has a crush on Paul Orndorff, basically. Yes. And he can't wait to get in the ring and roll around with him. (laughs) Right. That's basically it. But then he also is like, no, but I'm going to beat him up really bad too. Right. You know, so this is going to be, well, I, can't, I don't really want to say what's in my head. So let's just move <laughs> on to that. And that leads right into the next one, which is Paul Orndorff and Mean Gene, pretty much naked with towels on in a sauna together. So, so. You, you got two guys in a steam room. Yeah. And Paul Orndorff is complaining about wrestling a guy who's a little light in the loafers. Right. I'm just. But that's where he chose to do his interview segment. Yeah, I'm just putting it out there. <laughs> But we did get to see <laughs> Mean Gene without his shirt. So, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah, it was it was aesthetically pleasing as the Blues Brothers scene in the sauna. Right. So. But that's and not a, nearly as funny either. Right. <laughs> but that's the next match. Uh, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff and adorable Adrian Adonis. Sorry, yes. yeah, with Jimmy Hart in his corner. And, you know, I've probably said this on multiple episodes already. I will continue to say it as long as he darkens our door on these reviews. Paul Orndorff is the most vanilla baby face that company has ever had. Yeah. And the only one that's more vanilla as a baby face, and I say as a baby face, is right. The Miz. Miz is very entertaining and as enjoyable, face, yeah. but he always just needs to be a heel. Right. Orndorff should have always been a heel because that gimmick really is what calls for it. The only guy I think that's been able to have that kind of a gimmick that's so egocentric and have it translate well into a baby face, but I think the talent mm. just superseded everything was Mr. Perfect. And that's yeah. it. 
Yeah, he had a... He was a better uh, heel, still. At the end of the day, he's obviously a better heel. I see what you're saying, yeah. yeah. But by the time he was ready to go babyface, even just for a little bit, people were ready to cheer for him because they recognized the talent. Exactly. Paul Orndorff doesn't really translate that, I don't think. He's just kind of there. Because he's just a big guy with a big mouth, and he doesn't really do much, in in my opinion. And he's the exact same amount... Like we talked about Wendy Richter when we were talking about that Super Sunday show. Right. Go look that one up. Is that he acts the same way whether he's a heel or babyface, just like Wendy Richter right. did. So that's all I got to say about Orndorff. I mean, <laughs> that's all you really can say about yeah. him. I think the, the match is you probably you can see the match in your head as we're talking about right. it. You know how this match is going to go. Yeah. You know the cat and mouse will ensue. And big that'll... angry guy beating up a guy that flops all over the ring. Yeah, anybody who's seen Adonis versus Piper at Mania Three, that's the template you go off of. Yeah, of course. That's still an amazing match, but yeah. because the talent is all there and the hype is there, right? And it all came together beautifully or adorably. And <laughs> uh, but this was just a throwaway Saturday Night's Main Event match, just to yeah. have somebody yell at the television about how much of a woman Adrian Adonis is. <laughs> yeah, that's that, it. Yeah, pretty much. That's what they were going for, and that's mm-hmm. what they delivered on. I I always enjoy watching Adonis in any match he does, though, yeah, because he can. Well, I mean, I even enjoyed him in that Uncle Elmer match. Yeah, like I didn't like the match, but I yeah. liked Adrian in that match. Top five sell. Yeah, uh, like sellers of all time. A little over the top, obviously, but way over the top. But I just love his cells. <laughs> like he took a drop kick in this match and somehow ended up going like diagonally away from the impact into the post and like out into the apron. I'm like, yeah, it's one of the highlights of the show. Yeah, you though. just have to shake your head and like, okay, whatever, dude. It's the best part of the whole match. Yeah, that and uh, I think he was actually shooting. And this is after the match, so I'll just mm. say that. Uh, there was there was some shenanigans going on where Orndorff was choking Adrian with his own outfit or a yeah. part of his own outfit, yeah. and I think he actually for real said to Jimmy Hart, "I can't breathe." Right. Yeah, <laughs> so no like pregnant. he broke character with his regular voice and said, "I can't breathe," <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, you might want to get that off of him." <laughs> right. So, but Adrian survived to fight another day. Yes, thankfully. yes, he did. And that goes into the next segment, like we were talking about uh, at the beginning of this show, talking about seeing the arena before and after and during. The next segment is an empty arena interview with Mean Gene and Hulk. Yeah, and a nice artsy wipe cut from like yeah. showing the crowd at a capacity, and then the exact same shot from the exact same angle, yeah. and it fades into no seats. Yeah. Or, not no seats, but... No people it, in those seats. Exactly, yeah. And yeah, it was cool. The, I mean, the interview was just Hulk saying Hulk yeah. stuff. Right? Yeah, it was. Hey, Hogan, you survived Mania too. And they do a lot of this. Is like you know, you got to understand that a lot of people weren't able to get that close circuit viewing of Mania two. Right. Even though technically it was on pay per view, who has pay per view in their house at that point? Sure. So they understand more eyes are probably going to be on this particular show than there actually were at Mania two, and right. that's probably a real stat. Yeah. Because NBC's free and it's in every home. Yeah. So basically, they're catching up the people that only see it maybe potentially through Saturday Night's Main Event. Sure. So that's the purpose of the interview. It did make sense because, hey, yeah. Hogan, last time we saw you, you were stretchered out of the joint. How you feeling? Right. <laughs> you know, and that, that's what it was. And I get why they did the segment. Oh, yeah, for sure. So. And this was one of those segments where you were able to kind of catch your breath and like, okay, this is what's happening and this is what's going to happen. So it was... It was a good segment, and I think it was well-placed in the show. Yeah, and for some reason, a heelish Paul Orndorff is looming in, in the background, and that's going to be the feud for the... Yeah. That's going to be his next major feud for the title, which yeah. you won't see coming from a mile away until it's time. Right. So, yeah. And then back into the arena, the next match scheduled for the night is Jake the Snake Roberts versus Ricky Steamboat. 
I like how you put that because scheduled doesn't yeah. mean that it actually happened. Right. So this is where we get in. This isn't a match spoiler. It's really just maybe save yourself some time because you see that matchup pop up on your network feed. Ricky Steamboat versus Jake Roberts. I'm watching that. Yeah. But you're not going to get that match. You're right. going to get an interaction yeah. with Jake Roberts, Ricky Steamboat. I could call the whole thing right now, I think. Steamboat gets up on the apron. Mm-hmm. Snake hits him with a clothesline, kind mm-hmm. of Pearl Harbor job, as Gorilla Monsoon would say. Yes. Does another clothesline. Dump, he falls down to the floor. DDT on the concrete floor. Yep. Steamboat's out. Jake picks up the lifeless body, rolls him in the ring, puts Damien on him, and that is the coming out party of Jake the Snake Roberts. That's the first time a massive huge worldwide television audience mm. really saw Jake the Snake Roberts and what the potential was for his character so yeah. that's why they did it the way they did it yeah for sure and I mean it was for that it was a good segment I think yeah. because it does you take one of the, the top baby faces that everybody loves and you know he's great in the ring and you don't let him wrestle that night and you have this this bad guy like take that away from you like that's yeah. that's a good way to do it did you notice that this show is really filled with guys that just competed on the LA portion of Mania too. Like the majority of the people booked is from that segment. And there's, there's a few that aren't right, but it seems like the emphasis of where the stories all are is right there. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So they were all there that night too. So, yeah. And, and I'm excited to see, you know, I've never really seen this whole feud arc. I've seen a couple of matches on some of their respective DVDs. Right. But doing this, we were able to kind of follow the timeline and be a little bit more invested in how the story right. goes. So I'm interested to see how this evolves. I know that we're at least going to get that snake in one ring and Komodo dragon in the other corner <laughs> thing. So I'm wondering how that's going to look. Yeah. So they, they, they're going to have to like duct tape the Komodo dragon's mouth, I'm assuming, <laughs> or just put him, fill him full of Thorazine before they put him out there. I don't <laughs> yeah. know. So... <laughs> We'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll have to see. Coming up. Yes, but more things in the animal parade. We've got <laughs> moving over to dogs now, aren't we? Yes, again? we are. This Once is, again. <laughs> this is the, the main event of the night, the last match of the night, and the last segment, well, the last actual segment, is the tag team title match, two out of three falls. The newly crowned champs, the British Bulldogs, with their manager, Captain Lou Albano, Versus Aaron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov with classy Freddie Blassie in their corner. Yes, the very superstitious Captain Lou Albano. I think yeah. he did the uh, cross motion about eight times during that. Yeah, pre-tape. he did, and Blassie <laughs> did it back to him at one point. I think late in the match, I saw. Wow, yeah. I missed that. Yeah. Like after the match was over, can um, I can I get away with Sheik Al Blassie? <laughs> Sure. Eh? Okay. Yeah, that's fine. All right. But I'm excited. It's a tag team title match, so I'm a sucker. I'm in. Yeah, two out of three falls. Ten and yeah. two out of three falls. Anytime you can put a tag team match, especially in gimmick style, that puts the emphasis on wrestling, I'm there. Yeah. And before the match, they showed some of the clips from WrestleMania 2 <laughs> where uh, the Dynamite Kid took that shot to the head, which won him the titles, but also sent him to the floor. Yeah. And I know we had talked about how... Dynamite was out of it, like yeah. completely out yeah. of it. Like whenever they were celebrating their win, yeah. So he got to see that footage for the first yeah. time, is what you're saying. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. And uh, also, but that played into the match because Davy Boy pretty much wrestled this match on his own. Yeah, Dynamite got in a couple times, but I don't remember. He was legal maybe once, but he got out super quick. Yeah, because um, he was involved in the first fall the most, but then he. Yeah. took it easy for the rest of it and that yeah. yeah that i didn't even think about that does play in 
really well to all the drama. That, all the drama is on yeah, Dynamite, and exactly. he barely had to do anything. So and it they put, made the best of a bad situation. Exactly, and it puts the... Because I know like the Bulldogs are the new champs, and yeah. they're dominant. But making it this, doing it this way with Dynamite Kid, whether he was really injured or not, yeah, it it puts the emphasis on well, they could really lose the titles here because this is basically one on two. Yeah, with Blassie at ringside, yeah, Albano, you know, all due respect, you know, he's considered one of the great wrestling managers of all time. But Blassie's in there, he's involved, he's got yeah. his cane, yeah. and it takes Albano you know, like forty five seconds to get to the other side of the ring, <laughs> right. shuffling yeah. over there. You know, it's like. You're not really helping all that much, dude. You probably should have brought Ozzy back. Right. Because <laughs> at least Ozzy, he's on blow at this point. You don't know what he's going to do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he said he was going to come back and be in the corner, and he never he did. He never did. He's a liar. He broke my heart he, well, as a he kid. Well, he probably just didn't remember that he no, said that. No, the, he didn't even remember the next day. <laughs> Especially after hanging out with Lewis after all right. all right. But I liked the match. It was a good yeah, match. That's the cherry to pick off of this episode. If you're going to go there, hit that first two minute mark with yeah. the uh with the with the butt washer thing <laughs> and then fast forward it all the way hey yeah. they hit the adrian match for a couple of secs yeah and then you know do the tag title match so this is an easy show to rank chris yeah yeah it is are we at the, are we there yeah are why not rankings? right okay there were five matches scheduled but we only saw four actual matches so starting from the bottom at number four is the battle of the big boys king kong bundy versus uncle elmer yes Coming in at number three, right above that, is Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff versus Adorable Adrian Adonis. Coming in just above that is the opening tag team match, the Funk Brothers versus Hulk Hogan and Junkyard Dog. And of course. And of course, the number one match on this show is the tag title two out of three falls match, Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov versus the British Bulldogs. Yeah. And we usually have it to where it's like, oh, top three, or we say what the uh, where the barometer is yeah. of like must watch. If you're going to watch anything off this show, I can really just only recommend the tag title match. And I would agree. Some of that's for historical purposes. It's yeah. it's the first major television defense forum after Mania 2, yeah. so it's worth it just for that. It's not perfect, yeah. but it's it's crazy, and it definitely goes in with the theme of the show. Yeah, so. it's a good match, and it's worth watching, but it's not necessarily worth seeking out. There you go. You know? Yeah, yeah. If you come across it, be like, oh, I'll skip to this last one. But other than that, the rest of this show felt like one of the, like a weekly TV show that was building towards something else. But this, yeah. the two out of three falls match felt like a good match on its own. Yeah. Think about this world, though, at WWE, where you have the one big event of the entire year. At this point, we're still in just WrestleMania, and that's it. Yeah. So they're going to create the big event you know, an outdoor thing that yeah. we will get to here pretty soon. But the outdoor Canadian show, mm. which is based around the oncoming Orndorff versus Hogan feud. And it's right. based strictly off that. So they, they created this whole big, huge show in the middle of the year because they're like, well, WrestleMania 3 is not to like next spring, I guess. So yeah. what are we going to do now? So we're in this world right now. Yeah. And then once we get to 87 pay-per-view business is going to start showing its head like a mother and then you'll see the build by the end of the decade they'll be the big four yeah so 86 is a weird year yeah it's still weird to think about it and like you don't have weekly stuff like all the time that you know big shows all the time yeah and even though wwf is you know riding high it's yeah. still in its rock and wrestling phase it's kind right. of getting phased out at this point however NWA still holding more major shows a year, like more big events. Yeah, yeah. So, but that's about to change. So, there you go. Throw a little historical perspective here at the end of kind of a nothing show. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I hope you had fun listening to it. Yeah, and like I said, it's 
a nothing and forgettable show, but it's not a bad show. I will say that. Yeah. All right. We'll go ahead and get out of here. Chris, take it away with the plugs, and we'll tell you what's coming up next. All right. Well, you can go to cnjradio.com for the Wrestling House Show and all of our podcasts and wrestling reviews and anything else we put up on our site over there. And also on cnjradio.com, you will find Joey's Rock Strikes 10, always guaranteed to play 10 songs, no more, no less. You plug your show. Oh, you did it great. Thank right. you. Please listen right. to Rock Strikes 10. <laughs> Subscribe for free on iTunes, just like this show. And also on cnjradio.com is The Synaptic, hosted by Randy, with an eclectic mix of rock music. A true alternative. True alternative. Yes. And also The Last Theater on the Left, which I take care of, which should have some more podcasts coming soon, as well as all sorts of horror and uh, old school like uh, cult movies on that site for reviews and things like that and the wrestling house show blog where if you're staying current chris will review those shows and he does it very well always really nice and readable and just like these episodes if you haven't seen the show maybe it's the day after like oh do i want to watch that Mm pay-per-view good non-spoiling review of the pay-per-view that just took place and i always appreciate that chris i do my best all right, and I, I lied. I'm not going to tell you what the next episode is because uh, timeline-wise, I'm really not doubly sure. <laughs> it's probably going to be another Saturday Night's Main event, but you'll have to tune in and, and find out for yourself. Yeah. But thanks for listening. Bye. to the dressing room, not the locker room, the dressing room of adorable Adrian Adonis as he completes his pre-fight preparations. And tonight, it's going to be Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff, this man. Yes, certainly I am twisted steel, and certainly the man has sex appeal. The man is a Greek god. Look at the baseball biceps. The legs, powerful. You talk about power, you talk about me, though, too. You talk about the master of disaster. And I'm going to celebrate this event by putting a crack in the side of his head like the Liberty Bell. That, uh, that, uh, that gown is a nice touch, Adrian. Oh, Don't isn't you think it? So, isn't James? it? Beautiful, beautiful. Isn't it? You talk about vicious, I can be vicious. Remember me, the vicious as a vegematic. Slice and dice, and Mr. Allen. I don't think we've got time for any more. Let's get back to you, Vince, please. I want to wrestle you tonight.